This is a WTOP original podcast. From Podcast One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA, this is Rachel Vendman. My husband is retired, Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, who testified during the first impeachment trial of Donald Trump. Mr. Trump was impeached after it came to light that he and members of his administration tried to trade a meeting for an investigation. This is a part of what Vindman said in his testimony. I stated to Ambassador Sondland that this was inappropriate and had nothing to do with national security. Because he stood up, Vindman lost his military career and his family went through a lot. As a result, his wife Rachel now has a new podcast. It's called The Suburban Women Problem. We really decided to speak out about what happened to our family as a warning to others about the encroaching authoritarianism as we saw it. A conversation about what happened, what's happening now, and what could happen if this isn't fixed. Coming up on this episode of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. Russia could render huge harm to this country. North Korea's secret missile. Capable of reaching the whole of the United States. Dangerous terrorist. D.C. is repeatedly mentioned as someplace they would like to seek an attack. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA, the National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. On July 25th, 2019, Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman was a part of a phone call between President Donald Trump and Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. Vindman stated later, I was concerned by the call. I did not think it was proper to demand that a foreign government investigate a U.S. citizen, and I was worried about the implications for the U.S. government's support of Ukraine. This is what he said during his impeachment testimony. We fully anticipated the Ukrainians would raise the issue of of a meeting between the presidents. Ambassador Bolton cut the meeting short when Ambassador Sondland started to speak about the requirement that Ukraine deliver specific investigations in order to secure the meeting with President Trump. Following this meeting, there was a short debriefing during which Ambassador Sondland emphasized the importance of Ukraine delivering the investigations into the 2016 elections, the Bidens, and Burisma. I stated to Ambassador Sondland that this was inappropriate and had nothing to do with national security. On February 7, 2020, Vindman was escorted out of the White House. This was after President Trump had earlier implied that he might remove Vindman from his post. He did. It ruined Vindman's career, and it also seriously impacted his family. So his wife, Rachel Vindman, looked for a way to engage and talk about what happened to them and try to prevent it from happening to other people. And the method that she found was a podcast called The Suburban Women Problem. She joins us on this podcast to talk about it all. Well, my husband is retired, Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, who testified during the first impeachment trial of Donald Trump. And through that process, um, 
you know, he pretty much, well, he, he did lose his military career. And once he retired, we you know, really decided to speak out about what happened to our family as a warning to others about the encroaching authoritarianism, I'm sorry, about the encroaching authoritarianism as we saw it. And, you know, the more he spoke and I used my voice, you know, opportunities have come to us. And one, I didn't really find anything that was really authentic to me until I was pitched on this idea of the, this podcast, The Suburban Women Problem. And I thought it was a great way to use my voice because it was, it is very authentic to me. I'm a suburban mom. And I also think, I actually think both parties have a bit of a problem with suburban women as they try to figure out who we are and what we want. Okay, so what is the suburban woman problem? And, you know, this is a national security podcast, and it's very clear Mm -hmm. to me that women play a big role in national security in many ways. So what is the the suburban woman problem? You know, and after the midterm elections um, of Donald Trump's uh, presidency, Lindsey Graham, actually, actually a week before the election, he famously said, it's obvious that the Republican Party has a suburban women problem, which I think, you know, what he meant was the message, the messaging of the Republican Party was not resounding with suburban women. Um, I think that's kind of a function. And again, this, this, this is both parties that have an issue with this. They still see suburbia as, you know, mostly white, um, a, a lot of stay-at-home moms. I mean, it's very like Leave It to Beaver, nineteen fifties, uh, you know, sort of imagery of it, and and that's simply not what the suburbs are. So, scaring women doesn't work because we live in our neighborhoods. We know that our neighborhoods are diverse, and that's fine. Um, telling women, trying to tell women what they want and then solve problems with them rather than listening to what their problems are and responding to that is a huge part of the messaging issue. And I think we saw in the Terry McAuliffe, Glenn Youngkin election, Terry McAuliffe was telling women what he thought they wanted to hear, telling suburban women what he thought would, you know, that they would find compelling that would resonate with them. And it didn't, it fell on its face because Glenn Youngkin listened to what people, what concerned them. And he addressed those issues, whether or not I agree with it or not. And I don't happen to, but he definitely struck that balance of listening and responding in a way that got women to listen, parents to listen. Yeah. You know, um, as as I said before, this is not a political podcast and we don't take sides in this, but you bring up a very good point. The the one thing I do say, though, is that if something comes up that needs to be addressed that has a political texture to it, then we deal with it. One of the things that you also said, too, was that the Democrats have the same problem, too. And both of them, both of them having this problem, it's a national security issue. They are not listening, either one of them. And there are problems. We see this every single day with things that are taking place 
in Russia, in China, in Iran, North mm-hmm. Korea, other nation state actors that are targeting the U.S. are doing it because they know that the U.S. is distracted. They're in, the, you know, they're people that are in their own bubbles, not listening mm-hmm. to each other. And, you know, so your podcast, The Suburban Woman Problem, is, is bigger than that. It's the U.S. problem. And, you know, absolutely. I, you know, JJ, um, I think it's very difficult to, I was in several meetings this week, actually, trying to explain to people who are much well-versed in national security, much, (laughs) this is their lives, actually, and what they study, what they've devoted their, you know, entire professional careers to. And I was trying to explain the, they're aware of the external influences, as you mentioned, Russia and China, and how they're trying to, to divide us. And they know this. What I am trying to get people to understand is you need to get the people in the United States to understand this, that they are the targets of an incredibly sophisticated network of messaging to them, to people in the United States, and really exacerbating those differences and exacerbating those tensions and those fault lines. And right now, the chickens are coming home to roost. And the only way that I see out of this is if we can talk to each other and try to appeal to our similarities, to our to see people, not the differences, but to see where we can come together. Because the the intent of these other nation state actors is to divide us. And they've been incredibly successful, but I do think there's still a way back. And the way back is to first understand the division and what is happening, and then try to talk to our neighbors and our fellow countrymen and you know, maybe reclaim some of what we've lost, which is in a lot of ways civility. Yeah, you're exactly right, Mrs. Finban. And, you know, this is so good to hear because, you know, I've been covering the space for 16 years. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that is most disconcerting to me is that there are people in this country, political people, elected representatives, business people, everyday people who know what the problem is. And and the big the a big part of the problem is people have embraced lies on both sides mm-hmm. of the yeah. aisle. People have embraced this idea of I know better than you. Uh and they have also embraced this idea that well, if you're not from my school or if you're not from my socio uh economic group uh or even from my uh racial group or ethnic group, then, then, then your Mm -hmm. voice doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They know that it's wrong. They've been confronted about it and told about it and they don't care. And this is the thing, you know, I have had conversations with members on the Hill within the last couple of weeks. They know exactly what's happening in both their parties, but they say, this is a runaway train. So how do you stop this Mm -hmm. train? I heard what you said. We know we've got to figure out this, this, you know, a way to, you know, 
break these bubbles. But so I guess a better question for you is what are you learning uh, from your program about how is that informing what you're trying to do? So I, I think you know, the, the, the format of our program is we talk to we're going to have a, a conversation among the co-host and, uh, you know, about the topic of the week of what we're discussing. And we have a, a bigger guest that one of us interviews and we have an everyday woman that we interview. Um, the only everyday man we've ever interviewed was when my husband uh, was a guest on the show. So, yeah. but by and large, it's been uh, a woman and they are so inspiring to me. People who come together, they see a problem, Sorry. they identify a problem. Sorry, Sorry, you broke up. Could you say that again? They are so... Oh, sure. I mean, they're they're women who are incredibly inspiring. They identify a need in their community or they have a message that they want to get out and they, they do such a great job. And these are not people that you would ever hear on the news or see a national story about but they should be highlighted because it is the best of us. And it's the everyday thing. It, it is truly the, you can make a difference in your community. And I think the importance of that is that we have become so divided that a lot of times we see things and it, it's, it seems rather hopeless, but one person can make a difference. One person can mobilize others to, I think of uh, one person we interviewed many months ago, she lives in Arizona and she organized um, voters to register voters. Um, and they, with the goal of actually defeating uh, Sheriff Joe Arpaia, if uh, you know people are familiar with him, he's a bit of a controversial figure. So, you know, but through this, through this registering voters, talking to voters, you know, the, the first time they 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 did not, they weren't successful, but they continued to work for four years. And of course, in the four years, it became bigger. It became you know, really mobilizing young people, which is something that we're told time and time again is not possible. That it's only older people who vote. That it's you know, it's them who determine the elections. And it's kind of seen as a fait accompli, like don't don't invest resources in that. It's not important. And I think both major parties do that. They they don't put a lot of resources into young voters because they don't expect to see fruit from that. But what happens when we do that? Then you get this polling that says young people don't believe in democracy. They don't see the importance of voting. They, you know, I mean, I saw something, I don't know if it's accurate, but you know, that one in six young people today think it'd be better if the military was in charge. I mean, good gracious. So I love that, you know, Mari Yepes in Arizona is making a difference and registering young voters. And that is something that's completely separate from the national parties. And I love that because this is not going to be fixed from the top down. This is going to be fixed from the ground up of people talking to everyone their neighbors, the ones who agree with them and don't agree with them. And that's the only way we're going to be able to come together. So th those are the stories we try to highlight on the podcast. And I hope that it inspires people to go into their communities and listen to each other. And, and again, reclaim that humanity, a lot of what's been lost.
You know, that is a very remarkable um, approach to this. And it's a grassroots approach that, you know, you know, I think I think you've I think you've nailed it. I mean, not saying that I'm 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 the the person who makes that decision because I'm not, <laughs> but just this this guy as somebody who's been covering national security for a while and certainly looking at some of the biggest most complicated issues in this country for a while, one of the most unsettling things to me is some of the people that I have respected and interviewed. I mean, people who mm-hmm. were very high level people in the intelligence and military communities for years have become a part of this sniping, have become a part mm-hmm. of this uh, Twitterverse where they use profanity to tarnish and target people that they disagree with, and it's 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 a parlor game for them. It, yeah. They just haven't or don't care that all of this is public, first of all. And secondly, there, there, there are complications and impacts to this that go beyond what they say. There are the people that see it. There are the people who are inspired by it. And then there are the people that are injured by it. And these people mm. who have worked, spent their entire careers um, working in the name of protecting the nation and its peoples have become a part of this problem. And you're tackling this problem the only way I think it can be dealt with, and that is at the grassroots level. And I'm just wondering if you are seeing any of what I'm seeing in some of these folks who have been very respected people who've just kind of gone the other way. I mean, of course I have in personal ways and in public ways. And, uh, you know, I think my husband and I both have been very disappointed in many people In fact, I won't name names, but someone sent him an article that they had written, someone who, by all accounts, is much more accomplished and successful based on their title and what they've done, and, you know, asked Alex to push it out. It's a good piece, and asked him to push it out. And you know what I said to him? I read that he sent the article to me, and I read it, and I said, you know, the reason why this person wants to use your platform is you have earned it through integrity and by doing the right thing. And mm-hmm. so you've gained a following and people want to listen to what you have to say. If only this person who sent it to you had done the right, has done the same, they would, they would probably have a bigger platform. And so I think, you know, I am also guilty of being snarky on Twitter. It's very easy to do, but it's good to step away from the keyboard sometimes and to realize that these are other human beings on the other side and to take a step back. And when I get most frustrated, I just want to go outside and walk around my neighborhood, which is very mixed and, you you know, think about what the people, what those people would think if they saw this, because most people aren't on Twitter. Right. But, um, you know, it's certainly. Yeah. It just leads to a lack of civility, and we're never going to get that. And it, you know, when you're talking about the people who you've lost respect for, um, I think that just goes again to the the grassroots, like bottom up, because yeah, everyone has gotten so into their own press. Exactly. And, you know how many, and they and they also, you know, this 
it's like a race to the bottom. Like if we're never going to recapture it, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's all, it's done. So we just have to grab as much as we can and protect our families, um, you know, because the whole thing is ending. And I just, I refuse to believe that. Yes. It's not, but, but that seems to be the attitude and it's really disheartening, but we can't buy into it. Um, you yeah. know, I just, we, we cannot, and, and we've had so much positive feedback from the podcast. I get comments all the time from people I know in real life and from others um, on social media, or if I meet someone who said, you know, again, it's real stories yeah. and it's, it's also, it's, you know, it's moms. So it's, we don't really waste a lot of time. <laughs> we'll, you know, we'll tell you something. And I think equipping people with some talking points of, you know, giving them some facts and talking to a real person who's an expert who knows something and, you know, has worked in this space and, and, and then they can use those talking points in a really like organic, you know, natural way and talk to their friends. And, and that I think, and, you know, start a conversation, be armed with some facts and kind of diffuse some of these, uh, you know, some of these subjects like critical race theory or trans kids in school, you know, some of these things that are just taken over and so explosive to yeah. just, you know, when people are discussing it, but, but say, you know, I heard someone on a podcast and what about this? And, and I think that's, that's a better way. And, you know, or even climate change. I mean, one of my most conservative, one of my most best friends is very conservative. And, you know, she was texting me yesterday, this weather, it's crazy. I can't believe it. I go outside, it feels like spring. Like, how can anyone deny that the climate is changing? And, you know, in those moments, when we have those friends, we just have to say, I know, I wonder, you know, have you, have you heard about this, you know, that, and, you know, what, whatever it is, whatever facts, you know, you're kind of armed with, but, and again, in the, in a conversational way, let's just get people to think. And and it doesn't always have to be adversarial. Yes. And that is what is so hard. But I mean, I, this, so much of it, again, I, you know, it goes back to, um, you know, the information that's being pumped to us yeah. in social media a yeah. lot that is, you know, the roots are in, especially in Russia, China, I mean, you know, they, it's one area where they actually kind of work together, but um, yeah. you know, that it's, and, and I think if you can, if you can kind of demystify that, but, but, you know, JJ, and I don't know if you, if you, if you experience this, but one of the reasons why I think it's so difficult for anyone to discuss the Russia thing and the influence is because they don't want to admit that they're duped. Yep. So acknowledging this also brings in some other issues that they don't want to admit. And that yes. I think is the, you know, the, the thing we really have to get around is it's doesn't mean you're not smart. It doesn't mean um, anything negative. It just means you were targeted and, you know, there's, there's yeah. some shame there, I think. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's pretty hard. So I think people need to, don't, no need to beat someone over the head. Just gently suggest, you know, I think, and, and let people, 
they're going to have to believe it for themselves or they're never going to change. But I do think you can, in a gentle way, you know, present these facts and present some some data points that can, you know, lead people to this place on their own. Yeah. You know, you talked a minute ago, and, and I agree with you 100%. And yes, I have found myself dealing with people who have been basically suckered, but they're afraid. Mm-hmm. They don't want to admit it because there's this issue with that. And there are other things, too, that, you know, that that, are, that get opened up because of this, especially some of the high-level folks on the Hill. There's this whole business about dark or dirty money. You know, there's mm-hmm. this whole business about, <laughs> you know, um, who you have connected with in foreign governments and, and et cetera. And it's not just one party. Okay. Right. So, yeah. So, yeah, it, it's, it's clear we have a really nasty, ugly, serious problem that's only going to get dealt with from the bottom up. And you're doing it. And I noticed that you, you, you mentioned um, your diverse neighborhood um, earlier in this discussion, but you also, I noticed that from your podcast, you're, you're, you're a diverse group of people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you want to tell me about a little about that? Yeah. So um, my co-hosts uh, are uh, Amanda Weinstein. She is a U.S. Air Force veteran and uh, has a PhD. She's an economist. Uh, she went to the Air Force Academy, asked with her husband, who is a uh, state legislator in Ohio. Um, they face tremendous hatred uh, on Twitter. And it's been interesting just to see, you know, while our what we, what my husband and I face is kind of, you know, it goes up and down, but it's, it's definitely nowhere near where it used to be. Um, you know, it's, it's just interesting to see what they go through, what they continue to go through and how they're targeted, um, also by outside groups. Um, and that's kind of been proven actually by law enforcement mm-hmm. that a lot of the, the trolls that are, that are, that are making threats against them. And then my other co-host is um, Dr. Jasmine Clark, who is a microbiologist. She has her PhD. I'm very like outgunned here in the uh, higher education department. And she is a state legislator in Georgia. She also lectures um, at Emory University where she teaches uh, microbiology. And she is the first black woman to represent her district in Georgia, which she flipped in 2018 from uh, Republican to Democrat. So um, I've learned so much from both of them. Um, Jasmine, you know, has brought that um, as a black woman um, fighting in the state legislature in Georgia. Um, she's in the minority continuing to fight for some of the same things and rights that her grandparents fought for, but continuing that fight. And, you know, I'm disheartened that that's necessary, but also heartened that she continues, you know, to have the will to do it. And I love that we're all busy women, um, moms and professionals, but that, you know, we, we find time to, come together and have these discussions, which I think is, you know, really representative of a lot of people um, and of of a lot of women out there, especially suburban women, but also urban women. I mean, you know, really a lot of women, it's it's the story of, you know, kind of the, a a lot of women in the United States, but it's, it's very difficult, I think, to even find trusted news sources these days. And, you know, you can go you can search. I mean, you know, we can, we can find things very quickly, but are they trusted? Um, and 
And I think one of the good things about the podcast is that we talk, you know, sometimes about the news of the day and I hope we can have, you know, if not an exhaustive discussion, at least, you know, a discussion with facts um, and people can then, you know, launch from there in the show notes. We, you know, usually include some resources, but what I hear from a lot of my friends is they want to be informed about things, but it can be very difficult to kind of get up to speed, um, you mm-hmm. know, to understand. Alex is asked all the time, my husband about, you know, complex national security issues. And, and he can, you know, sometimes explain in five or 10 minutes if that's all he has and, you know, get people to understand the bare minimum. But it's intimidating at times also for busy people to kind of plug in and, you know, unfortunately, we used to have news sources that did that very easy. The evening news was a great place for half an hour that yeah. you could get the, you know, the broad strokes. And and, and that's just not what it is anymore. No. We could debate that for a long time. But, yeah. um, you know, on the whys of that, but it, it's just it's simply a reality. Yeah. So um, that, I think it's it's hard for people to to kind of find that information unless they're seeking it out through a podcast. I, I actually listen to your podcast, so I'm very familiar with it. And, you know, it's a good podcast. Some people just to jump in, like first dive in, you know, from nothing, it can seem a little intimidating to not have somewhat of a background on issues. Yeah. Well, thank you. And thank you for listening to it. Um, this is one of the podcasts that I do and the other that I do, which is called Colors is a podcast about the state of race in America. And it's very interesting that much of what you've talked about today is exactly what plugs into that particular podcast. The fact that people aren't listening, people don't care, people uh, don't do the right things by each other because of race. And Mm -hmm. all of this is a national security problem too. And so what you've just done is just given me two podcasts here today. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. Rachel Vindman, she's co-host of the Suburban Women Problem podcast. We don't do podcasts on this podcast, but that was a national security issue and it was well worth the time. Coming up in our next episode, we'll take a look at another key national security issue. In the meantime, if you have any questions or comments about the program, send me an email. You can reach me at jgreen at wtop.com. The letter J, the color green, one word, at Whiskey Tango Oscar Papa. jgreen at wtop.com. Also, please subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter. We're at TUSA Podcast. That's at Tango Uniform Sierra Alpha Podcast. And if you want more national security news, You can sign up for my newsletter. It's called Inside the Skiff, and you can sign up at WTOP.com slash email. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Hey guys, Jay Cutler. Started a new podcast called Uncut with Jay Cutler. Most of you know me from the NFL. Some of you have seen me on Instagram. And some of you know me from the reality TV world. Each week I'm taking you along with me as we discuss football, turning topics, and whatever's going on in my life each week. I'm bringing along people that are special in my life. Former teammates, friends, and some new people that I like and respect. That's what you're supposed to do, right? Podcasting? I think I'm doing this right. Can't wait to get started with you. 
Go subscribe now. Uncut with Jay Cutler, Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, and Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, stay tuned for the latest headlines from the Associated Press.